What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your boy, stand-up comedian, actor, writer, podcaster, and just all-around badass motherfucker, Joe Kilgallen, here with you today. Uh, it is Monday, September 11th, 2023. Uh, but before we get into uh, what this podcast is all about, which again, if you're listening for the first time, I'll just tell you right now, why build suspense? Here's what this podcast is about. I'm a comedian who likes to rant for about 25, 30 minutes. That's how we're going to do it. But I used to have guests. I've had a few people ask me if they could come on the podcast to promote stuff. And I thought, you know what? You'd be good for conversation. So yes. So you're going to start to see guests filtering back in a little bit. Just a little bit here or there. I'm not guaranteeing weekly guests or anything. This podcast used to be me drinking with people and we were recreating bar conversation. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, the pandemic hit and then we had to reshuffle the deck. The podcast studio I used to go to didn't exist anymore. And I just started doing it online like I am now where I just stream it from uh, my office, my very fancy office. You see, the uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you guys are probably thinking, oh, cool background. Solid enough, right? He's got some cool shit behind him. Uh, but what you don't know is the rest of the office is a goddamn pigsty. And I really got to get it together because it is not motivating me to do shit. What is it about a pile of dirty clothes that when you look at it, it makes you want to go to bed? For real, whenever I see a pile of dirty clothes, my instinct is I should go to sleep. I, I don't know why. I'm not tired. I wasn't tired until I saw that pile of dirty clothes. But now that I see it, my first little instinct was maybe clean that. But then the stronger instinct came over me and said, fuck that noise. It's time to cuddle up with that pillow. We're going to get a pillow between the legs. We're going to get two pillows underneath the head. And we're going we're gonna to sleep on our side. And we're going to go fetal with it. We're going to bring those knees up a little higher, right? Let that pillow grind up a little bit in between those legs. Feels good. Feels good, right? That's how we're, and then, and then you wake up and you hope that the pile of clothes is gone, but it, it got bigger somehow. And, um, and then you feel like a failure. And then you just, you know, you, you watch some reruns and, um, and then, and then the next day comes and then you do the same shit as long as you possibly can. Because that's where I'm at right now. The pile of clothes, I'm just, it's going to win. I'm going to let it win because I don't even know where. It's clothes, too, that I'm looking at. Like, I haven't worn any of that shit in a while. I should get rid of it. I should donate it. But then what's going to happen, right? I'm going to have an audition six months from now that's going to require brown pants. I'm going to be like, why the fuck did I not just keep those brown pants? And another voice in my head's going to be like, because they were fucking brown pants and they were ugly. And then you're like, yeah, but still, if I would have worn it with something good, Maybe they would have worked. I've seen other people make brown pants work. Why can't I make brown pants work? God damn it. And um, and that's where I'm at in my life. These fucking brown pants. I'm telling you right now. All right. That was a lot of silliness. But uh, as always, we like to start off every episode of the Joe Kilgallen podcast with some gratitude. Big shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. I love you all very much. I hope you enjoyed the latest bonus episode of the Joe Kilgallen podcast. What's that? There's bonus episodes? You're goddamn right there are bonus episodes. So for those listening right now who are not Patreon subscribers, jump on board. That's patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Let's see. Oh, look at that. I'm making it go across the screen there at the bottom. It's for bonus content, for exclusive supporters of this podcast. I had a really fun one where I talked about my top five favorite band names of all time. Not my favorite bands, but band names. Some of my favorite bands have actually have some pretty great names, but then I like other bands where I'm like, that name kind of sucks, but you had, to, it was, it was a good episode. I feel like I, I, I went into it pretty good. And then some great suggestions from people too. Actually, let me read a few of those. That way you guys could see the, the community that you're not a part of as a way to tease you to get a part of it a little bit. All right. Um, I remember, uh, Patreon subscriber, Julie Ann, shout out to Julie. 
brought up a couple good ones. Flaming Lips. That's a really great one. Um, what was the other one here? Sorry, I just dropped my phone. Uh, Audio Slave. That's also a good name. Tool. Tool's pretty solid too. And part of the criteria was you had to sound like, like the name had to fit what the band's noise was, what the band's sound was. Like Guns N' Roses. If the band was called Guns N' Roses and they were like a fucking jazz quintet, you'd be like, that's a shit name. But they sounded like Guns N' Roses. Um, another one, um, Chad McDaniel said Cancer Slug. I got to hear them. Uh, what else? Oh, he found out. I'll, I'll, I'll share that for the... I had a question to the Patreon subscribers. I'll share that for Patreon subscribers. Um, Kevin also said, Imagine Dragons is a great name. I don't like them as a band, but Imagine Dragons is a pretty great band name. I think they have one song I don't mind, but the other ones I heard, I'm just being like, this is a bit much. Although my four-year-old song likes the one song, um, my four-year-old son likes the one song. How does it go? It's like, thunder and the thunder. I think that's how it goes. So sometimes I'll see him playing with his like action figures and he'll just be like, lightning in the thunder thunder so i don't know so i like that song because he likes it um you know how when you're a kid you only like things because your your mom or dad like them i'm the opposite i'll like things because my kid likes them um I'm, i i feel the love the other way which now almost makes me think i wonder if there were things that i like but my parents were like mm, i don't like it but because he likes it now i'm into it I wonder. I wonder. All right. So I hope everyone is having a great month of September so far. We are already 11 days into it. It is 9-11, which means it's the anniversary of 9-11, right? Here we are 22. Is it 22 years later? Look at me literally forgetting what year 9-11 happened. And, and all those shirts said never forget. 9-11-01. I remember. I was in high school chemistry class taught by Coach Seibel. Name. That's what we literally called him, Coach Seibel, not Mr. Seibel, because he was also the varsity football coach. I believe I was a junior in high school. Is that correct? Yes. Was I a sophomore? Maybe I was a sophomore. And um, and I remember leaving the classroom, and uh, in the hallway, people were like, hey, did you hear? Did you hear? you hear? I'm like, hear what? And they were like, a plane flew into the World Trade Center. And I remember my first thought being like, drunk pilots, huh? And the person who told me kind of was like, yeah, maybe. And so no one really knew exactly what we just knew a plane went in. I think by the time I'd gotten to the next class, people were just like, this is a, an attack, like an attack. They like someone purposely full plane in as an attack. That's fucking crazy. What do, what do you mean an attack? And then before we know it, I think like the intercom came over and every classroom put the TVs on. And then we saw the second plane hit. And I remember when we saw the second plane hit being like, Holy shit, is it a replay? Because we think it's a replay, you know? Because um, I remember the guy next to me was like, oh shit. And I remember I wanted to be like, hey, dumbass, that we're, that's a replay. Like, you ever watch like sports at a bar and someone thinks they hit a home run again? And it's like, no, it's a replay. Settle down. That was my reaction to that dude. I can't remember who it was now. And, um, and no, he was right. It was the second plane hitting. And then we were just kind of like, holy fuck. This is insane. What's going on next? And everyone in the news was scrambling to figure out what's what. And, you know, so it was a crazy time. And, and, you know, I think I had one teacher who was kind of like, remember, you're going to remember where you were uh, for the rest of your life uh, after this moment. And uh, I remember thinking dramatic. Right. And uh, no, he was right. It was a big moment. But you, when you're young like that, you don't really sense the weight of it. And uh, and yeah, it was a horrible day. So many people died. A lot. So many innocent people died. And um, and I just remember the aftermath of that. The first few days of 9-11, it was just kind of, it was just a weird feeling. 
Like he didn't know what was next. And uh, the younger listeners, younger viewers, the one thing that I think doesn't get mentioned enough 22 years later is that we had a whole day where there was no planes allowed. There was no flights at all across the United States of America. And I live um, on the northwest side of Chicago. That's where I was living. Um, that's where I grew up. And planes go over because O'Hare is not far away. O'Hare Airport is the busiest airport in the United States. I think busiest in the world for a long period of time. It kind of flip-flops with a couple other airports, but it's always like top three. And to have a whole day without hearing airplanes go overhead was weird and bizarre. Because I just grew up so used to hearing airplanes that it didn't even, it doesn't even phase me. So to not hear it was very like, what the fuck? Like this, it's like post-apocalyptic, you know, like in like zombie movies, like the next day when they like unboard themselves up from wherever they're boarded up in and they kind of look around and they're like, I don't know what's happening now. Is, is Are things back? You hear a couple of birds chirping and that's it. It made the birds chirping sound even louder because it wasn't being drowned out by airplane engines. It was crazy. I had one teacher who I give credit to a lot of balls with, um, who I didn't like at all, but I respected him in the moment. And uh, well, in the moment I was confused, but later I respected him because he did make a good point. He talked about how everyone was going to say, he was the whole media. He was ahead of his time really with this one. A complete dick teacher in every other aspect though. But he was right when he was said, um, you know, a lot of people are going to call this a cowardly act, but there's really nothing cowardly about getting in an airplane and um, sacrificing yourself for whatever cause, no matter how bullshit the cause is that we know it is, that that's not really a cowardly act. Cowardly is launching bombs from 500 miles away, not giving a fuck where they land um, to help, you know, your fucking companies make more money and for oil and all that. And so at the time we were a little bit like, dude, fucking read the room. You know what I mean? We're high school boys. We don't give a shit. I went to an all guys Catholic high school, by the way. And I remember just thinking like, what the fuck? Uh, but then later in life, when you, when you grow up and you kind of, uh, back away from it a little bit and get a little distance. You could see the bigger picture and we're going, ah, oh, you know, he was right about that. Don't get me wrong. Those guys were pieces of shit. Um, but as far as like, I, I get what he was trying to say is my point. Um, and then I think he, he kind of foreshadowed what was, what would go on to happen in Iraq, which was, you know, us going in there for oil and all that kind of stuff. The whole weapons of mass destruction lie, all that. I don't want to get into that though. Um, I wanted to talk about, that, I mean, that day, you know, I got to give Bush credit, President George W. Bush at the time. He seized a couple big moments that I think were very much needed to the point where people who didn't like him at all. And he was not popular of a president. He, he won under shady circumstances um, or people were not sure what was what. I mean, I was too young to really know the politics of it at the time, nor did I give a fuck. Um, which nowadays I feel like there's a lot more people who are 15 years old and really into it. And I remember just thinking like, you got your whole life to be jaded, enjoy your teen years, you know? And, um, so the, I know the country kind of came together and, and that was good. It was needed at the time. Um, but I feel like he fumbled the ball on that afterwards. You know, he threw out that awesome first pitch at Yankee stadium through a strike, looked good doing so. Um, did that great thing when he was standing at what would be called ground zero, like in the debris of the twin towers and uh, said something like someone yelled out something. He's like, I hear you. And soon the people responsible for this will hear you too. Like, and people started cheering. Like that was, it was a great move. Like it was a really, it was great. He had great leadership uh, there. And then, and then, I, and then I just feel like uh, the ball got dropped completely because it could have been some real good could have, 
some real great change could have happened with the fact that everyone was together for a while. And then it went down into a bad. I remember just thinking to myself, like, we should be stopping the people over here in Afghanistan. And then people are like, well, he might be in, in Pakistan and we can't go fucking with them. It's like, all right, but like, we're not fucking with their government. It's just like, hey, give us this piece of shit, you know, in terms of Osama bin Laden. And there was just a whole lot of stuff like that where I remember thinking to myself, like, what's the message here? What's the, like, you know, World War II, FDR called on a sacrifice from citizens. Like, if we all come together, we could really, but like, the thing is, we weren't fighting another country or another army. We were fighting, I guess you could call Al-Qaeda an army, I suppose, but not really. You know, it, it was a terrorist attack. They had planned it for a long time. They, look. They, they fucking succeeded in what they wanted to do. They hit us, they hurt us, and then we wanted revenge. But the revenge is too easy when you're a giant. You know what I mean? We're, we we literally are a giant amongst nations when it comes to military might. That's not braggadocious. That's just fact. And it's like, okay, yeah, we, we dropped a fuckload of bombs. We ended up killing way more people than they did. And what did that do? Did that make us safer? Did that change anyone's viewpoint towards American imperialism or towards like, you know, all that kind of stuff that had been going on for a long ass time? I mean, this wasn't just it wasn't like they decided to attack us on 9-11 on September 1st, right? Ten days in the making. No, there were reports going way back. Our government did drop the ball leading up to it because they they were getting warnings that, hey, some shit might go down. But like to just tell people, hey, go shopping. That's how we'll get back on them. Make sure you go to fucking Home Depot and buy plenty of duct tape. And then all the fear shit came in and everything was, everyone was operating in fear. I remember just for nonstop on the news, they were interviewing people in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Here's someone in a town of 12 people and, you know, just outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. What's your big fear? That Osama bin Laden is going to come here himself and he's going to blow up all of our fucking tractors because the, we got some new ones. Like, it was just like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like that. At least when I like going to high school in the city of Chicago, remember that last plane that was up in the air that ended up crashing in a Pennsylvania field? We were like, this could be coming here. It could be trying to go to the Sears Tower. It's America's tallest building. And the plane was not supposed to be en route to Chicago. I think one of them maybe, no, one was going to LA. He was going to LA. So we're like, oh, we're halfway here. And then you later found out they hijacked those specific planes because they had the most jet fuel on them. They were cross-country flights. And that's what they wanted the most explosion. But yeah, I mean, it was just... Yeah, just too much. I don't. That's where I think there's always moments. The two big moments in American history that really made people go from like trying to believe that people in government were trying to do good to not Kennedy assassination, 9-11. Kennedy assassination was one of those things where before that people kind of believed their government, whether that was naive or not, who knows. But then post that, I think that's when people started to be like, I don't trust a lot of this shit. Um, and then 9-11 kind of had the same thing with like just the constant surveillance and the constant fear and who's going to keep us safe. That was the big thing in the 04 election. You can trust John Kerry to keep you safe or George W. Bush to keep you safe. And I remember being like, it's weird to hear grown men talking about which grown man are they going to elect to keep them safe? That's just bizarre to me. Uh, and I was young again, I was, wasn't old enough to vote. So there's the whole thing was, uh, was strange. That, that part of 9-11 was strange. And then and then we were only in Afghanistan for not that long. And then we went full on into Iraq. And then everyone just thought, like, was well, this just revenge because Saddam Hussein and George Bush's dad had issues? And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? But I will say uh, this. I, again, I want to give Bush credit. He did a uh, nice job with the leadership aspect of things in the wake of 9-11. Um, 
And yeah, you know, people, I remember initially right afterwards, kind of politics were thrown out for a little bit. And I want to say that was nice. It felt nice. But then it was like, God, all these people had to die for people to kind of be like, yay, America, or like, we're proud to be Americans. I think most Americans are happy to be in America. And I know some people might be like, it doesn't feel that way. I think there's just two types of two different types of love that people have of their country. Um, one is like an unwavering love that gets instilled in us when we're young and we hold on to that where it's like, no, this place is great because I was told it was great. And if you don't like get the fuck out. Um, and then there's the people who are like, I think we could be better and I want us to be better. Um, and then they get mad where they're just like, this country sucks. We could be so much better. It's like with sports, you know, I'm a big Chicago bears fan. The bears played yesterday against the green Bay Packers week one NFL season bears Packers at home. And some of you might be thinking, Joe, are you about to take a nine 11 and bring it into bears? Yeah, I am. I am doing that shit because uh, it's the same way. Like there are bears fans who after week one, be like, it's just week one. It's fine. We'll figure this shit out. You know, uh, we just weren't prepared this week, but we'll, and then there are bears fans who are like, fuck this shit. This team is a goddamn disaster. Oh, if they want to move out of Chicago, go ahead. I'll help them pack. Fuck this team. Fuck, like, you know what I mean? They're idiots. They need to, the ownership needs to sell. They all suck. Everyone, you know, there's that type of fan. And then there's the fan that's got the unwavering. No, no, no. It's it's okay. How dare you talk shit about the Bears? Because I made a joke on Twitter saying, hey, Nashville, we'll trade you the White Sox and the Bears for the Titans. Okay? Because we, we need to do a, a franchise swap because these, these Bears have been just crushing us and hurting our souls for way too long. Um, and then, you know, some person said something like, uh, I think they deleted the comment, though. They're kind of like, you want to get rid of the Bears after one week? Like, what kind of, are you a real fan? I'm like, no, I am a real fan, you know? So when I complain about stuff in America, it's like, yeah, same way. But it's weird. I'll have no problem being completely honest where America needs to improve. Again, in my viewpoint, everyone's got, everyone's different. But with Chicago, I think I'm a little more protective of Chicago. Um Obviously, Chicago has its problems, duh. But like, I think I'm a little bit slower to be negative about Chicago, where I'll be a little more negative about America. And I don't know what that means, though, because Chicago is America's greatest city. So if I love Chicago, I love America. But America's huge, though. <laughs> it's a massive country. So you're going to meet some dipshits. Where I think with, uh, like I was telling some friends, I'm like, I don't think I've ever met any bad Canadians. I think every Canadian I've ever met has been awesome. I really can't think of any Canadians where I'm like, that guy sucked or that woman sucked. They've all, all the guys are cool as hell. The women are sweethearts. So I don't um, know, but I've met plenty of Americans I don't like. But as far as America as a country goes, I think it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous country. They had some really great ideas. Uh, didn't execute it so well, a lot of them. And I think it's a country that uh, got weighed down by a lot of its own hypocrisy. And I think it's, uh, but I still think it can be amazing. And and that's the thing that frustrates a lot of Americans is that we see where it could be amazing. And it's like, just tweak that, make that little fucking switch. It's not going to hurt anybody. Fix that fucking thing. Fix that little thing. Right. And then it'll be so much better. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I wanted to do 20 minutes about all of this, but it was just something I thought about, but here's something. Don't be this person on social media on a day like nine 11 or any other big day that people throw out, like, you know, um, like condolences or like, you know, don't forget or support. Cause I feel like on a day like nine 11, there's always some jackass that will comment under someone's comment and someone will have an, an innocent enough comment where it's like, 
you know, I'll never forget where I was on September 11, 2001. And, you know, my heart still goes out to everyone who lost a loved one that day. And then there'll be someone who will comment like, you know, it's an inside job. It's like, what are you doing? What are you gaining from that? Do you think the person who made the comment of like condolences is going to be like, wait, what? Are you, are you trying to say it was an inside job? Inside by whom? Like the staff in the buildings? Like the janitor staff? They are, or are the, our government? What, what branch of our government? Let's let's get into this right now. I just wanted to make a nice, simple post saying like, wow, I can't believe it's been 22 years. And I'll never forget where I was and what a sad day that was for so many innocent people who lost loved ones and lost their lives. But here you are telling me that it was an inside job. Well, fuck, I'm going to cancel everything for the rest of the day. Let's get into this shit right here and right now. Let's know. Come on, man. What do you have to do today? No, cancel that shit. We're here together now, right? Let's heal 22 years later. Because I've never heard any of this that you're flowing out there. Like, what are you gaining from that? I think there's just people who can't help but be absolute pieces of shit whenever they get a chance. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not being a piece of shit. I just want to let people know the truth. I think the truth needs to get out there. I just need to let people know the truth. Well, then make your own fucking post telling people this shit. Don't be commenting on everyone else's shit, trying to bring people down and ruin their day. I really fucking hate when people do that. Same when people on Happy Thanksgiving. Nice little tweet. Happy Thanksgiving. Underneath. Uh, is it a happy Thanksgiving? Let's think about all the atrocities. It's like, oh, we fucking know. We know. Okay? Yes, we know the history, and it sucks. And these the pilgrims ended up being dicks to the uh, the Native Americans. Um, and that's horrible, too. Or indigenous people. I, someone told me recently they, they switched the names. I know a Native American guy who's like, I fucking am fine with Native American. It's kind of like my friends who are Latino who are like, if you call me Latinx, I'm going to punch you in the head. Like, so like, you know, it's like confusing times for some of us out there. So when I hear all that, I can't help but think to myself, like, just chill the fuck out. You can make your points and say this and that without ruining anyone else's enjoyment of it. Because to me, Thanksgiving is switched to just like it's a day to get together with your family, have a great meal. And just like express gratitude. And that's why I love Thanksgiving. There's no gift giving. It's as simple as we're going to get together. We're going to eat. We're going to watch some football. We're going to play some football. We're going to have some pie. We're going to, you know, say hello to our older relatives and thank God they're still around. We're going to do stuff like that, right? It's get together with family, have some fun. Easy, easy holiday. And yet there'll be always someone out there who wants to slide in. You know what I mean? Just like little snakes and be like, well, let me tell you why you shouldn't enjoy it today. <laughs> And it's like, no, you don't enjoy today. That doesn't mean we don't have to enjoy today. If you hate the day, then go ahead and hate it. I'm not going to fucking convince you otherwise. I don't give a shit what you do today. Go on and hate it. I hope you have another day that's better for you if you don't like this one. Just because you hate your family doesn't mean everyone else does. And those are the people that I just cannot stand. And the people have always thought ruined social media for such a long time where it's like, okay, not everything has to be a fucking interaction, right? Sometimes you can just keep scrolling. You know, you don't like someone's post about something. Keep scrolling. It doesn't have to be a fight. Because again, what do you think you're gaining? Do you honestly think you're going to educate everyone you come across? And I'm guilty of this shit too. I've done it. I've done that thing where I'm just like, oh, I got to. The only times I really, I do have to hold back to, because again, there's nothing to gain from it. But when I see like statistically inaccurate things, like when someone will say like, oh, yeah, I'll never forget the 1997 season. They were great that year. And I want to be like, no, they fucking suck. You're thinking of 98. Like that's that stuff that's just I, I, I feel the need. I feel someone should correct these people, actually. And I will be that hero. I will be the hero they need me to be. But, yeah, don't be a predictable asshole out there. OK, speaking of the Chicago Bears, uh, wow, did they hurt our souls as, uh, as Bears fans? If you're 
And if you're a football fan that doesn't like the Bears, if you're a Packer fan, go ahead, rejoice, rub it in, whatever, man. Um, I don't know what I expected. I think that's what's the killer of it, is that the Bears found themselves in a perfect storm last season. It felt like every game last year, Justin Fields was showing signs of improvement. I remember thinking, this is awesome. We're losing, but he's improving, which means we're going to have a great draft pick and a quarterback that's on the rise. This is the perfect storm that we have wanted as Bears fans for such a long time, for basically my entire life. It's like we have a franchise quarterback. We have a guy who's going to be our quarterback for 10 years and be awesome at it, like so many teams have had that we've not really ever had. Can we please have that? Please, sir. Please, sir. Can we have some more? That's what I was thinking. And and then we and it happened. We got the number one pick because our ex-dumb coach, Lovey Smith, who was coaching the Houston Texans, won a game he should not have won, and he was trying to win which screwed that franchise, but helped us. I'm like, this is amazing. This, And then we had all this money coming off the books. So we had a ton of money to spend, the number one pick, and a franchise quarterback, or what appears to be, and I still believe the talent is there. Whether we have the coaching staff to actually grow and nurture that talent, doubtful, fucking doubtful. Oh, it's been one week, Joe, calm down. You calm the fuck down, okay? So, but we traded that first pick, which seemed to be the smart move. Feel like we could have got more, but we ended up getting a stud receiver in DJ Moore and got some other picks. So it's like, all right, it made sense to trade that pick. It really did. Then it's like, all right, you have two of those jobs. Offensive line, protect this quarterback. Get the best offensive lineman out there. Simple enough task. All right, look, I'm not saying it's easy, but that that's goal number one. It's obvious. Then number two, get a pass rush to put pressure on the other team. Because even though, because we don't have an open field, great open field tacklers, but we got a couple decent ball hawkish players. And it's like, let's do that. And then and no one thought, look, we didn't think we were going to go from worst team in the league to Super Bowl contender in one season. But we thought we'd look a lot better than this. God damn it. We thought we'd look a lot better than this. And in week one, holy week one, that means you knew, you know, the schedule, the schedule, it doesn't come out a week before. It comes out well in advance. You know who you're going to face for uh, months and months and months. And that's what you come out with. That's what you come out with. Just And it's conservative style of football where you nothing but screens and these little bitch dink dump passes that nobody could stand. Nobody could stand that style of football. It's brutal. And by the way, you guys are probably thinking, oh, Joe, we didn't realize you're such a big Bears fan. There's no Bears memorabilia behind you. I have Bears memorabilia, plenty of it, but I don't feel like showcasing it right now. Okay. You have to earn your spot on the mantle. Look at the mantle behind me. You know who's there? We got Ben Zobris, World Series MVP. I can't, I'm not good with it. It's behind me, so it's hard to point if you're watching on YouTube. I got Shohei Otani here in a spot on there. Club 400 Lager. Club 400 is a great charity run by my guy, Stu McVicker. He's actually at his 50th birthday recently. Happy 50th, Stu. Next to that, I got Manchester City. Just won the treble, really a quadruple. Best team in all the world and all the land. Manchester City. I got some more Cubs stuff because I love the Cubs and, and they still have been very successful over the last 10 years. Been in the playoffs, what, six times over the last 10 years? Won a World Series. Three Stooges. Icons, right? Look who I got right here. George Carlin, Richard Pryor. Icons. Above them, Steve Martin, Bob Newhart. Icons. Michael Jordan. Icon. Dennis Rodman. Icon, right? I got some great, great people on these shelves, right? And I feel like I should have some Blackhawks representation, but I don't. Anyway, the the fucking uh, Bears, you got to earn your way into this mantle, okay? My God. I mean, we thought everything, and they looked horrible. It's one thing to lose, and they're healthy. They're healthy, but it's one thing to just lose. It's another thing to lose and, and look as bad as they did. 
God, I hate conservative football. Just no guts. I remember hearing someone, shout out to this guy who called up to the 670 score, the local sports race radio station here in Chicago. And he said, I don't know why they don't just have one play where they bomb it deep. Even if even if Fields throws it 10 yards over his receiver's head, just to show the other team, yeah, we will do that on occasion. Just to keep them spread out a little bit. Yeah, I agree with this guy. Totally agree with him. They should be doing that every now and then just to show. And then Lawrence Holmes, my guy at the score, he responded to that guy saying they should do that because sometimes you get lucky and you get a pass interference, right? You either overthrow your guy, all right, you either throw it to him perfectly, or maybe you get a pass interference. And get this, if you do throw an interception, it's like punting because you're throwing it so far downfield. I just, there's just things they don't do because they're stupid because they have defensive head coach. Dick Uberflus, whatever the fuck his name is, he is a, was a defensive coordinator, and now he's a head coach. The Bears are still the only team that does this consistently. They hire defensive coordinators to be their head coach. This defensive mindset. This isn't 1991, okay? This is an offensive game. It's a passing league. It pisses me off that my, this, my team, the Bears, are a running team in a passing league. It's a style of football I don't like. I prefer watching teams pass deep. I like a passing game. It's more exciting. It moves the ball faster. Yeah, running the ball every now and then is great. The guy has a great breakaway. That could be fun, but it's so slow because nothing is more boring than a three-yard run up the middle where it's just a big pile. Is it necessary? Is controlling the clock a smart aspect of an overall football team? Yes, it is. But when, you, when you're facing a team that you know isn't going to do shit downfield, it makes it easy. Shove everyone up there. Let's get everyone close. What if they pass it? We know they're passing three yards. How many times is it third and 12 and you're passing two yards story of every Chicago bears fans life is when it's third and long and we do a little fucking dump pass three yards away. Most it doesn't matter who we hire. It does not matter. Is it part of a contract? These guys hire when they become Chicago bears personnel that they have to, that they must throw stupid short passes when it warrants a long pass, it must be something. Is it part of the Illinois Constitution? Because I am at a loss that no matter who we hire, they will always, always do that. And against the Packers too. The Packers. All the shit talking I have to listen to from these Packer fans, and there's so many of them in Chicago. I perform all over the Midwest. They're everywhere. These Packer fans are everywhere. And they lose, they lose Aaron Rodgers, and they go to Jordan Love. And even most Packer fans I know, most of the offseason, weren't even talking as much trash as they normally would. They weren't. They were quieter this offseason. They were starting to kind of be a little humble, where it's like, yeah, I think you guys will be pretty good for a few years. I don't know what we're doing with our future. Jordan Love, he's not the guy. And now here they are, walking tall, feeling proud, unbelievable. And I just, again, they're going to have to earn themselves, these Bears. They're going to have to earn my, my respect. All right? I'll always love them. But uh, I don't know. Their future is not looking great. Uh, because here's the thing. If if this, whenever you hire, they got a new president of operations, they got new GMs and stuff like that. It's such a long transition. Okay. Because this new guy, the new president who took over for uh, Ted, what's his face, Ted Phillips. He, um, whenever, they, whenever any organization hires a new person and they inherit other people because he's inheriting his GM and his coach. They immediately then go, all right, we'll let him hire his own guys now. So that's a couple seasons right there. That's that's the that's the frustration as a fan when you're watching your team rebuild in, in a style like that. That's how these that's like the never-ending cycle of Bears um hirees is that they go, okay, we just hired a new GM. 
but we didn't fire the previous coach. Why didn't you do that? It's like, and then that GM goes, no, I think I could work with him. Then after a year, sometimes two, usually two years, they go, it's not going to work together. So do they fire the GM as well? No, that GM gets to stay. And they say, well, now we're going to let him bring in his people and do things his way. Okay. And then after that fails, after three or four years, then they fire the, the that GM. But then there's like, well, we're going to give his coach a chance. So then a new GM comes in, the same fucking problem. And that's why these new GMs often don't hire a new coach immediately. Because they know that's their way of extending their their jobs. And that's what all these NFL coaches do too. What they do is they hire, uh, they make sure that they're tight with their defensive or offensive coordinator. Because they know when they get a coaching job, then they could go be a coordinator for them. And it's this never-ending cycle of them keeping gigs when they really shouldn't. They should all be working fast food. All right? And we're going to end on this. I keep seeing fast food videos of people being mean to fast food workers. Would you stop? Would you guys stop it? All right. How drunk are you getting? You know, if I was, if I, these fast food restaurants shouldn't be open this late anymore. It's, it, there's something about it where people get in there and they hear, you only have three chicken nuggets left, motherfucker. And then they just start throwing chairs at everyone. Stop doing this. Every time I open up Twitter, which I got to stop opening up, it's, it's nothing but fast food wars. And no one's even throwing the food. They're throwing chairs, which is crazy because I thought most of these chairs were bolted down at some of these places. Is that what it's going to come to? They don't have to bolt chairs down. It's it's wildness out there. All right, everybody. That's been the Joe Kilgallen podcast for this week. Um, I almost said happy September 11th, but that's not what we do. But again, it's it's still a good time to to remember um, where you were that day, and um, you know to remember that we lost way too many good people on that day, and you know. Bit, uh, and it's sad for those people because every year they're just reminded in such a big way that they lost uh, someone near and dear to them. All right. So you never know. Life uh, throws a lot of curveballs at you. Life throws a lot of screen passes at you that go nowhere. So uh, love your loved ones. You know what I mean? Hold them tight and, uh, you know, be good to your friends. Be good to your family. Be good to your people. Uh, that's the podcast for this week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Don't forget the Patreon. Check out the YouTube as well. All right. Cheers.